It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from WGU. Do you want a more skilled, loyal, and effective workforce? Consider a partnership with Western Governors University. Over 300 organizations already count on WGU for valuable education benefits. Students can fit schooling around their schedules and even complete courses and degrees sooner than planned. And it's all online. Partner with WGU to make a smart investment in your company's and your employees' future. Learn more at wgu.edu slash partnerships. Who they think you're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Lockdown Bengals Podcast with your hosts Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Today, we're going to talk about OTAs. Before we get there, a reminder that we are available on the new Himalaya podcasting app that can produce personally curated playlists made just for you by expert podcast tastemakers. Go check us out on the Himalaya app, or if it's not there, we're still available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, etc. Today's show is also brought to you in part by Hotels.com. And I guess I just want you to go take a vacation is what this comes down to. If you have kids, you summer breaks coming up, go to, you, gotta, you know, Disney I'm World sorry, or something. Jake, I jumped in there three times. <laughs> I was going to try to say, do you have a vacation plan this week or this year, Jake? Well, we're still recording. So uh, <laughs> this weekend I'm going camping. So that's sort of a vacation. I'm not taking any time off work yet. I just started my job. So I not see. taking time off work yet. Mm. So there's a lot going on today, huh, Joe? We, we had an open day of OTAs, which means we have great tweets from a bunch of our favorite beat writers. So Kat Terrell, we'll start there. She came on the podcast last week, so obviously we're going to start there. She tells us that on the rehab field today were A.J. Green, Clint Bowling, Joe Mixon, Darquez Denard, Jermaine Pratt, Jordan Evans, Darius Phillips, Rodney Anderson, and Rod Taylor. Okay. Yeah. So... You know, that might be why Jermaine Pratt hasn't signed his contract. You mentioned this to me uh, last week, I think, when we were wondering, why hasn't Jermaine Pratt signed? You said, oh, maybe he's hurt and he needs to get healthy before the Bengals will give him the contract to sign. And if he's on the rehab field, that could certainly be the case. Sure. Or sometimes it works the other way where the player, um, you know, will be like, well, let me get healthy first because he there could be something in the contract that says, well, if you get hurt, this injury that you currently have right now. Um, it won't count for, you know, uh, or, or your signing bonus could be stripped or whatever could happen. So, And I know that these deals are normally set in stone, but language can be fluid yes. with these deals. Kat Terrell also says that Alex Redman and Christian Westerman were back at practice. We didn't see, I didn't see anyway, anyone say who was lining up with the second team offensive line, but neither of these guys were on the first team offensive line, which reportedly was the same as last week with, Bobby Hart at right tackle, uh, Williams at left tackle, and Cordy Glenn at left guard with John Miller, Miller. Miller right guard, and and 
Billy Price at center. So two weeks in a row, and yep. presumably in between also, because we're only getting notes from uh, two days out of the, the two weeks. Uh, you have to assume that uh, all things considered, who's healthy, but I do think I have a feeling that this is the O-line, and I think that as longer it goes, the more comfort you'll have with it, but it doesn't mean it's going to be better because of you're comfortable with it. It's just because you'll hear it more often. Uh, yes. Yeah, it, it's still a very uh, big concern for this team. Indeed. Also of note on the injury front, Carl Lawson and Ryan Glasgow did a similar similar workout together like they did last week. Uh, then it says, later tweet, Alex Remen ended up working off to the side, so I guess he wasn't actually back. That is a false report or something that changed. Tyler Redford also not a full participant in these practices. So in terms of future OTAs, just in case you're wondering when we're going to get more news next week, there's one more open day of OTAs. The following week, I believe, is the mini camp, which is fully open all three days, I think, if I understood the reporter's tweet who said it correctly, and I can't remember who it was now. Um, so those are the remaining days for news we have until essentially training camp comes around. That's the rest of the offseason program. We kind of have a digesting day like last week, though, where we'll get reports, not reports, I should say. We'll get news stories. We'll get stories. We'll get all this, all these notes that these beat writers took and yes. get it all wrapped up, and we'll be able to digest that tonight and tomorrow yes. and give us something to talk about for tomorrow's podcast. And, and generally, they'll write some stories tomorrow, too. So anything yeah. that they've got in their notes that they haven't tweeted out, we'll, we'll see some of that coming out tomorrow. Sometimes well. the good quotes, right, are saved for those things. Yeah. The one piece that went up on Bengals.com is about Drew Sample. He's drawing praise from Andy Dalton, who's called him polished or something to that effect. He's drawing praise from all over the staff, and it could be because he's a second rounder and they need to talk him up and they know that they've got a bit of a PR campaign on their hands, or it could be that he's just better than we all think he is. I'd love to ask that question to whoever could answer it. How much of a, a PR campaign do you do you put out for some players, whether that be um, – at times it felt like perfect of he's not that bad. He does more. You know, there's there's a lot of good plays you guys don't talk about. To Andy Dalton, too. Sometimes Russell Bodine definitely got that, I, I felt like, at times. Uh, and, I, you know, the, all those guys weren't bad at all. A lot of them actually had, had, had very successful careers. But uh, I would say, you know, I wonder if that happens with rookies. Because I think initial reaction to a draft pick can sometimes carry for far too long, whether that be on the good or bad side of a, of a player's career. So uh, I wonder if the team tries to get out ahead of it and says, no, this is really a good pick. Or do they feel the need to defend it because they're not normally out ahead of these things? I would say this is atypical behavior for the Bengals at the very least, right? Yeah. Can you think of another draft pick that they've pimped the way that they're pushing sample out there? Like this is... Multiple weeks in a row where he is the headline on Bengals.com. I think Russell Bodine, and I hate to say it, right? Because remember, he walked in, they said, he's our starter. He's our guy. We've traded up for him. We drafted yeah. him because we really like him. Um, he's He started all four years. He's a smart guy. He's a tough guy. Yada, but yada, wasn't yada. that mostly Paul Alexander? Well, I mean, that's who would say it, right? James Casey's here singing uh, the praises of Drew Sample also. Well, but, but so was A.J. Green uh, a week ago. So That's was true. Andy Dalton. So was Tyler Eifert. And I can't remember five years ago who was all talking I good. I, I remember Andy Dalton was saying he's got to get the snaps correct. Remember that? That first uh, yeah. camp? Yeah. So maybe, you know, maybe there, there was a little frustration there. I'm sure it's a mix, right? I, I mean, maybe he's going out there. And I would fully believe that he, you know, he was reported to be a very smart guy. And if you're coming into the league yep. as a developed 
you know, technique savvy blocker, you're going to probably look pretty good early. Well, because they're not all like that. Nine out of 10 of these draft prospects at tight end are not good blockers. They, that you have to teach them all that. There's a weird amount probably of capable run blocking tight ends in this draft between sample and Hawkinson and Foster Moreau. Yep. And Trevon Wesco and so on. There's some late guys. Yeah. Uh, the one criticism that came out was James Casey saying that he has some some details to take care of at the top of routes, accelerating out of his routes sufficiently, and that could be an athletic limitation, right? He wasn't an elite agility guy. He was an above-average sure. agility guy. But I think this definitely stood out on tape for me. When I watched him in his limited use in the, in the Washington offense, he was fine running routes versus zone. And what does that require? That's the mental capacity. That is uh, understanding how – defenses are playing you where the soft spot is the timing when the quarterback's going to look for you uh especially as a check down kind of guy which he did a lot on drag routes and then you know it's either sit versus zone and keep running through if it's man and he was flawless in that i thought he was really good in that way uh but in against man coverage when he had actually had a safety or a linebacker covering him one-on-one and this is when you need to be good in your routes. This is when you need to be deceptive and at the top of your routes. You don't want to lean left or right if that safety is head up with you and you're kind of giving it away or, or you're not as clean out of your breaks and you allow him to regain his footing and catch up and break up the pass or make it a tighter throw than it needs to be. I think that's where Sample has to work. So if they're working on him and they're aware that that was his weakness, I love that. I, you know, I, I don't mind. Every player's got a weakness or somewhere they can improve. I like when I see something and the team immediately agrees or sees it also, and it makes you feel much better about that guy uh, reaching his potential. How about the transparency from this staff overall? We're getting actual targeted, specific, like here's something that he needs to work on in regard to Drew Sample. And the the frankness that we get from, from Callahan, who I will never stop gushing about, as the way he interacts with the media and even Zach Taylor. I, I mean, he's, he's a professional coach speaker, coach talker for sure, but you still get, you feel like a little bit of genuineness there. And that's echoed. in and I think what the players had to say, but let's get into some more of the OTA stuff after we take a quick break. You have I was one, just going to add yes, just go. to that, because I think this is a, is a good point, Jake. And it's that I think when they're open and honest and when you have evaluators or analysts or even just or beat writers, I don't want to say just, but even and beat writers and they can agree or even fans and you can agree like, yeah, he does need to work on that. Or I do think he's really good in that phase. It allows you to align with the team rather than feel like you're swimming against them. And it affords yeah. them some some, you know, benefit of the doubt that, hey, they are aware of what the issue is and they're going to correct it or they're working to correct it rather than before of you got the feeling of you guys don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're seeing. Seeing we're the coaches. We know what they're doing. This guy is great. And it's like, ah, oh, are you sure you guys know what you're doing? Because it doesn't seem like it because you can't even admit when a guy struggles in a certain area. But now yeah. we're getting and, the opposite. And this is why they've almost managed to sell me on Bobby Hart, right? Because, I know, right? Because <laughs> – Everything they're saying kind of is like, yeah, all right, that makes sense. It sounds like you know what you're talking about. You have a lot of credibility because the things you're saying line up with my worldview, which, right. you know, biases are a thing or whatever. Because but... if they say about Bobby Hart, they go, we know he's not perfect. Okay, but you know what he is? He's a decent run blocker. He's tough. He's very durable. We're going to have a little bit more help in this scheme, and it's going to hide him a little more. Our running game, our play action, where he's going to be hidden a little bit more. Uh, he's going to be fine at right tackle. If they said that to you one-on-one, you'd be like, all right, 
you know, you kind of back off a little bit. Like, I'll let you, I'll trust you guys. Go ahead and, and try this. Now, if it goes eight weeks and he's killing the offense, I'll be back on the on this horse screaming up the top of the mountain. But uh, until then, if you know when they do give you the reasons why it could work, I can ride with it. It is it is nice though, like like you say, it's it's nice to have the coaches that are giving us a little bit more to talk about. Um, he didn't say much about Redmond's suspension. He just kind of said it is what it is. That's all I got there. Anyway, let's yeah. go to a quick break. Um, we'll come back. There's also Jared McCoy updates to give. We haven't talked about him yet today. And we'll talk about what some of the players are saying because I think that that's been enjoyable. And as always, there's just a ton of notes out there, a ton of information that came from the beat writers today. So we'll be right back after this break. Hey, what's happening? It's your boy Q, host of the Locked On Raiders podcast. And I hope you guys feasted on the MyBookie Turkey Day free play that allowed users to grab themselves a risk-free bet up to $250. It was basically a free shot at trying to double your money. If you didn't get in on that, what are you doing? No, but seriously, now is the time to get some skin in the game with MyBookie, where odds boost, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with the NFL playoffs right around the corner, we know who these teams are. We know what they're capable of, and it's not difficult to find some value in the lines. Whether you're a first-time customer or have been playing with MyBookie for years, there is no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, at MyBookie, the doors never close, so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie. And when you do, use promo code LOCKEDON to get your deposit match halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put in $200, they'll match you with another $100 in your account. If you were already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season at MyBookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. This is Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints. This podcast is brought to you by Carvana. In the age of online retailers, buying a car should be no different, and that's why Carvana invented a brand new way for you to buy a car. That's 100% online. Without leaving the comfort of your couch, you can browse and buy from their selection of almost 20,000 cars. And once you've made the purchase, your car comes to you, delivered right to your door, or you can go and pick it up from one of the coin-operated car vending machines. All of Carvana's cars come with a seven-day return policy, ensuring that you get a car that fits perfectly with your life. Not happy? Exchange it or return it for a full refund. And with its dedication to customer service, it's why hundreds of thousands of customers have ditched the dealership and given Carvana 4.7 stars in customer satisfaction. So check it out, the nation's fastest growing auto retailer at Carvana.com, C-A-R-V-A-N-A.com, Carvana.com. Welcome back to the Lockdown Bengals podcast. It is our second week of OTAs for the Bengals. We were flooded with quotes and information and the notes, which is uh, always good for this time of year, end of May, beginning of June. This is all we got to look forward to. But, Jake, I thought we got a lot of good stuff from players talking about the excitement again, right? These, these are things we want to hear at this point. And these are, I think a lot of teams that have a changing of the guard, especially a head coach, are going to say these things. So is it the fan in me that wants to believe them or that I am starting to believe these guys? I don't know if you would get this particular kind of quote. You would get generally supportive stuff like, yeah, it's different. There's a fresh energy, like all that stuff, sure, whatever. Or like, 
yeah, he runs a tight ship. Like you would get compliments for sure. Mm-hmm. But John Ross saying this is the, the, what, what was it? The, I, I got the quote right here from Kat Terrell. Yeah. She tweeted this. This is exact her tweet. She said, I think CJ Ozama mentioned the word fun 10 times today in describing Zach Taylor's method of teaching. And John Ross said, it's obvious. You can see the difference differences in the room. Ross said, these OTAs have felt like the best weeks of his career. And she has more. She said she will post later. So look out for those. I mean, best weeks of your career. For a guy that has obviously struggled in in ways, and we we don't have to talk about Ross, but I do love to hear this um, coming from him. But C.J. Ozama saying the same thing. I think overall, these guys are all echoing the same remarks. And I wish I could find the quote. I feel like it was deleted or something. There's a quote where he, Zach Taylor was saying, you know, we're not out here yelling at guys. Or maybe it was somebody talking about it. They're not yelling at guys when they screw up. They're taking them aside. They're being like, okay, here's what you got to do instead. And then they're like, they're laughing about it, right? Which if you're an old school person out there, you're like, no, you can't. You can't just coddle these guys. But I think I think you have to coddle these guys. That's a I different generation. They're, they're, and yeah, and they're receptive to it. They're learning better from it. And we all thought that's what we thought we were going to get from that. And you said this before we started recording. This is what we thought we were going to get from Zach Taylor from his introductory press conference. Yep. And then they went out and hired Jim Turner. We're like, oh, maybe this, maybe maybe we got the wrong read. But this right. is what he's doing. And, and this and, is what Sean McVay did too. I mean, when you talk. You, or when you hear the quotes of guys that have played for the Bengals and then go to the Rams, obviously Andrew Whitworth is who I'm talking about, but then you see the same things of what, what the Bengals players are echoing. And Whitworth's quote stood out to me. He said, he, Sean McVay teaches you how to do it, not just what to do. He doesn't just tell you this is what you're supposed to do. He tells you this is why we're doing it. This is how we're doing it. Your job is important because it's going to set up this. That's that's what you want to know. I don't want to know it's just a ham sandwich. What's in that ham sandwich? You know, what's the whole picture? And it seems like that's how they're the same methods are being being taught by Zach Taylor's staff to the Bengals. And I think the little details make a huge difference. You don't think the Patriots and Bill Belichick are teaching details and everything because that's exactly what they're winning with. Yeah. And it's nice to see that, you know, they're holding guys accountable as well. I'm sure it's the same thing elsewhere, and and there's this focus on accountability and learning the stuff, and they said they're making it interactive. I'm sure I'll find this quote later when we're done. Because then the one said that Lou Anarumo was the one only coach right. to yell today as uh, somebody blew an assignment in the flats, which for me, as a defensive guy or as a guy that's coaching the trenches, I would probably be a little more vocal and guys you can't have a system systematic breakdown you know you can't leave a zone open because you're going to get exploited in, in today's nfl every time so if, if they're the ones freaking out that's fine with me because it's it's you got to be here at this time regardless of, of what you may think you can explain it later to them but uh sometimes it's uh worthy to blow your cool a little bit yeah and, and that's right that's paul denner who said for the first time some anger from lou anarumo really getting after the defense for a blown coverage in the flat still learning about the style of all of these coaches and that was the most significant outburst that paul has witnessed from anyone no noteworthy and and it's it's interesting that it's noteworthy right because this is day number what xyz i don't know what day it is five that has been an open practice second ota day that's been open but i think they had some access for the rookie mini camps right i think yeah, yeah and they had also a week and of veterans before rookies. yeah yeah exactly there's a voluntary bonus week before that 
So I think they've had some access before. And if this is the first time you're saying we're seeing any sort of explosion from the coaches, I mean, maybe maybe this is just because I'm a millennial, but I, I like that. There, there's probably not a whole lot of science that says yelling at people is a very good motivator. I mean, I know the Army does it, but... They've even relaxed on it. So, um, As somebody who reads parenting stuff a lot, as much as I think about the Bengals and Marvel and other nerdy stuff, I, uh, I also try to read and watch parenting tips and stuff like that. And, yeah, they say explaining goes 100 miles while yelling goes a mile. Yeah. And this is why you should get Joe a Grip 6 belt for Father's Whoa. Day. Because he puts in the work for Father's Day gifts. We're not going to a break yet, though. We'll tell you about Grip 6 again in a second. The most noteworthy thing today is probably that Nick Vigil cut his hair. That is noteworthy. Because now he's a new man looking for a breakout in his final year of his... This is year four, right? Yeah, yes. this is year four. Yep. Wow. Think of that class, right? Because... A lot of these guys need deals if we get to that point. Because I'd, I'd be cool with extending William Jackson this offseason. And then it's Tyler Boyd, Nick Vigil, uh, Andrew Billings. And obviously we don't know what we have in Christian Westerman at this point. But, uh, you know, so if, if he was to be extended at the end of the year, that would be because he did something good in 2019. Yep. Nick Vigil has a picture of his haircut on Jay Morrison's timeline. And I can relate to Nick Vigil today because I once cut a man bun off. It was a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. it was, it I remember it. January 2018. That was a big day in my life, and I'm sure Nick Vigil. You were known for that. You know season, that, right? In the Goodberry household, yes. When I told my wife, she said, Who are, who'd you find for a partner on, on the lockdown? I said, oh, Jake Lisko. She said, is that the guy you did the videos with, right, the film review? I said, yeah. She goes, does he still have the man bun? And I said, and this is before we we linked up and talked face to face. And I said, I don't, I don't think so. But yeah, I remember that he did have a man bun. But she remembered that. Yeah, it's a, it was a, it was a thing. It's it no was longer a thing. thing. <laughs> it's cut now. It's he, no longer it, a thing. And now you look like Loki with a beard. I'll take that. Yeah, that's what you should dress up as for Halloween. But then I would have to shave. So what? Don't you shave once in a while. No. No, no, never. No. <laughs> All right. Definitely not. All right, let's talk about Grip 6 belts. <laughs> Here's what you do for Grip 6 belts. You do us a favor for the Locked on Bengals podcast. Just go to their website, grip6.com, and if you do, just check it out. Look at it. That's all we're asking for. You don't have to buy anything if you don't want, if you don't want to, but look at it and let it sell you because I think they're awesome. Yeah, Joe really likes the belts. Get him one. The special offers are grip6.com slash L-O-C-K-E, grip6.com slash lock. We'll be right back with the last notes that we'll have on today's OTAs. And we'll finally talk about how Gerald McCoy, well, what's happening with Gerald McCoy. We'll get there. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies. At CDWG, we get that migrating your agency to a hyper-converged infrastructure is challenging. Like me, switching to decaf. Gotta do it, don't wanna do it, but gotta do it. Whoa, slow down, friend. CDWG's experts can help simplify your transition from legacy to hyper-converged infrastructure with Dell EMC solutions that offer speed and agility. Do it, do it. Have you done it? Is it done yet? Why isn't it done yet? IT orchestration by CDWG. People who get it. Find out more at cdwg.com slash EMC. Support for this podcast comes from The First One with DJ Khaled, a new podcast only available on Amazon Music.
What's up, y'all? This is DJ Khaled, and this is the first one. We hear from all the A-list music stars like J Balvin, Nas, and Kelly Rowland about songs that didn't change the game, but changed their life. It's almost like sometimes before you even get in the industry, it's like you set up to fail. And there's so many moments where you can win, and the winning is great, but it's so many things that you go through to get to the win and so much more who tell their stories about the first hits that took them to the next level, changed their life, overlooked to being overbooked. When I was recording the song, I already knew it was going to be a global hit. And I'm not joking, my G. I really felt it inside of me. I was like, I just can't wait to see a number one. Join me every Thursday with the first one drops only on Amazon Music. Let's go. Okay, welcome back for segment three of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We are going to update you on the Gerald McCoy watch. Uh, he met with the Browns. Sounds like they had a good meeting, or at least there was they were top on his board. Uh, but then he visits with the Ravens today. And another disappointing visit for the Bengals' uh, perspective. He is staying there in Baltimore. They're going out to dinner. Things are, quote, going well from Jacina Anderson on Twitter. Yeah, Jacina Anderson also tweeted about 41 minutes ago from the time of recording. McCoy is at dinner with Ravens coaches and players. We'll see in the morning, she was told by a source. Another tweet that I saw said that the deal that the uh, visit could well extend until tomorrow. That was actually Jeff Zrebeck, who is the athletic writer for the Baltimore Ravens. You should just assume they're athletic writers from now on. Well, the other ones are ESPN. That's it. That's the two now. Mary Kay Cabot. I don't know what that means. She's she's the Browns beat writer in Cleveland. Oh, oh, I see. You're trying to prove me wrong. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. So so, uh, it sounds to me like a deal in Baltimore could be likely, and I think if that doesn't happen, we'll have to see if any other visits are reported. When he was even in Cleveland, I think. Really quickly after the visit or during the visit, the news broke that he was going to be in Baltimore on Tuesday. Yeah. This time there's no news floating out there right now that he has any other visits lined up. We'll see if any of that comes out later tonight or tomorrow. Probably not tonight at this point. But it's looking like the Bengals' interest in Gerald McCoy may not come to fruition at this point unless something unexpected happens, which could happen. We're hoping for the unexpected. Give me chaos. I'm a fan of it. Chaos is a ladder. So what are the the other players stood out? What else do we have on notes? We have some wide receiver notes because, as Cat Terrell noted, A.J. Green was not practicing. So that meant a whole lot more snaps for Josh Malone and uh, Auden Tate. Oh, Auden Tate. Auden Tate got a bunch of snaps. And Cat Terrell said that... um, Josh Malone looked pretty good today, Did it had a lot of separation. Andy Dalton overthrew him on a deep ball at one point, which is not what you'd like to hear, but it's a good he was sign. Open. <laughs> it's a good sign that Josh Malone is getting open. Yes, because... and I'm assuming that's on the outside, and we've talked about this before. Yes. They struggled last year on the boundary. Right. The other note from Paul Denner is that John Ross had some dominant moments in the red zone today. There was a lot of red zone today. It sounds like it was a red zone focused OTA or open practice or whatever. Should we but be he, surprised with that in the red zone? It's, 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 I think, becoming defined. If nothing right. else, if John Ross can't give you much between the 20s, at least in the red zone, he can create space and catch touchdowns. 
You know what I think's weird about that is because of his size and type, I want to say. Yeah, okay, so he's a little bit smaller, slightly below average, and fast, right? So you assume finesse, and he kind of is. Uh, deep threat, you know, nothing more than that. At, at the very least, I think a lot of fans thought that. But he was a dominant red zone weapon in college. And at, there was a lot of games even in college where you're like, man, he caught only three balls and two touchdowns, and they were in the red zone. And uh, he led college football in red zone touchdowns. And I think people didn't know that or forgot about it. And then he kind of did that last year for the Bengals. And uh, and now he's doing it again in OTAs. That's, I mean, right. At the very least, I, we talk about Auden Tate. Fans will say, well, at the very least, he should be a red zone weapon. Yeah, but you kind of have that in Ross right now. We kind of need someone to do the other stuff. You have that in Ross and you have that in Eifert when he's healthy, oh, yeah. for sure. And Those green. are your two great. Well, Green actually in his career, I don't think has been a great red zone target. Really? So most I, of the touchdowns I, are outside of it or are a good percentage? I would have to go look again. Maybe it's been a few years since I've looked at this, but I remember thinking and, and being surprised at how ineffective A.J. Green was in the red zone because he has that size and he has the ball skills and he has the body control. He has everything yeah. you need to make those crazy sideline plays. But, but, but maybe it wasn't that, maybe it was that he wasn't getting many targets. I don't remember. It, we would have to go look again. I'd like, because you can pull up stats for that, but I'd like yes. to see um, PFF grades on different parts of the field. I bet you our guy Evan McPhillips could do that. We have to get him on the podcast one of these days. I've been talking to him about it for a while. Maybe we'll bring that up. That's maybe a good topic. Yeah, we'll, we'll bring that up next next week, maybe. Yeah, this week This it. week's pretty full already, I would say. But so, good for um, Auden Tate to get reps and for Josh Malone to uh, get his opportunity to step up. Yes. And it sounds like Cattrail didn't notice a bunch from Auden Tate, so maybe he wasn't getting targets, maybe he wasn't getting open, but it's still good that he's getting reps. And it's interesting that he's getting reps before, you know, maybe some of the other guys Cody Core. on the roster, Cody Core being one for sure. And I did, I, none of no one's really said much about Stanley Morgan either, so maybe he's not really getting much run as an undrafted free agent. You wouldn't necessarily expect him to. Right. Yeah, that it would be crazy for an undrafted guy to be making noise right now. And there are like 12 wide receivers on the roster as well there's double as there are edge players as we talked about so ryan finley the last guy right getting notes said yes. he uh struggled cat terrell said he struggled a bit his first throw i think was overthrown and intercepted a couple of people tweeted that out uh but then someone else said that he was nearly flawless in the red zone so another red zone positive as the Bengals focused on that portion of the field today. yeah he was he was five of six on red zone attempts for five touchdowns with three of those coming in 11s and two of those coming in seven on seven. So he was three of four in the 11 on 11 drills for, for three touchdowns. So as you mentioned, Joe, these guys that are system guys are excellent, very efficient, don't make mistakes in the red zone. Although Andy Dalton did throw an interception. I'm not clear on if that was a red zone rep or not. But uh, William right. Jackson had an interception of Andy Dalton undercutting a Tyler Boyd route, which Paul Denner points know. out. Is is a good note because the Bengals dropped a lot of interceptions last year. So, so that was in the red zone. To it. I don't know if it was in the red zone. Well, I'm just thinking because, uh, you know, if Jackson's on Boyd, then Boyd is either lined up on the outside or Jackson's in the slot. So Or it's a weird zone. Sure. Deal. Yeah, you're right. It could be a zone. Very could be in, in Boyd's running an out route and it's a cover two and he undercuts it and intercepts it. Yeah, you're right. And, and with... Um, with AJ out, it could be that Boyd is getting some reps outside. I wouldn't be surprised at that at all. He'll play outside a little bit. 
That's right. And he did last year. He caught a touchdown versus already murdered on the outside. Yes. Let's see. Anything else? Ryan Finley, yes. yeah, he threw a pick. We talked about him. What was your last note? My last note is, if you were affected by the tornadoes in Ohio, oh, our yes. thoughts are with you, and we hope you are safe. I meant to mention that in the open. Heard about those terrible tornadoes in Dayton. We hope you're safe. We're sending our best wishes to you out in Dayton. Really hope everything's all right out there. That is going to do it for us, however. We'll be back tomorrow with more coverage of this OTA. Hopefully we'll have some news on Gerald McCoy coming to Cincinnati, or if not, we'll have some news on Gerald McCoy generally. As always, you can find the Locked On Bengals podcast on the Himalaya app. It's free. It's easy to use. It'll have every podcast you could possibly search for, and it'll make recommendations for you. Until next time, Bengals fans, have a good one. Did you watch the 2020 Reds with higher expectations than a first-round wildcard exit of epic proportions? Did you think that the Reds hitting would come around with the signings that they made last offseason? Are you wondering who is asking you all of these questions? Hi, my name is Jeff Carr, and I host the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Every day throughout the offseason, I'm going to take a look at these Reds, how they fix what didn't work in 2020 and how they continue their success in 2021. But wait, there's more. I'll also have interesting interviews with players, writers and everyone in between talking about the Cincinnati Reds. Come join me on the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day.